welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 173, yeah. a live update episode. That is right. A lot of people in the house already. I know. It's super exciting. And, you know, um, I, like I was telling Orlando, uh, we did that like 30 second countdown before we started. And it actually made me nervous. Like as I'm watching it countdown, I'm like, oh man, this is like, this is a little bit more uh, uh, intense than just starting the episode. It's true. It's true. But, you know, we didn't want the awkwardness of an early live and so, you know how it is, you're waiting and people are like randomly looking at you. So we didn't want that vibe this time. Yeah. Well, well, we have the music playing awkwardly and hopefully you guys can hear us this time. I know when we started last time, we had a little bit of issue with audio. Uh, so yeah, if you're just uh, joining in right now, let us know in the comments. How do we sound? How's everything going? We're glad you guys are here. Uh, and yeah, we're super excited. So Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. We do get stage fright a little bit. You know, it's, 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 I'm, I'm very introverted and I'm able to kind of in the moment get rid of that but then you know it's it's yeah let's say what's up to some of the people already in the chat i know this is the podcast so if you're listening to the podcast you're kind of like why are you going through these names but we just want to say thank you to the people that are on here right now the people that were here early uh what's going on try flippers how are you flint sue martha walters thank you for being here the kelly hustle mary mcqueen staying in your lane what's up greg stewart rocky mountain resellers the national flippers what's going on Man, you guys are building on that on that TikTok. I see you guys growing over there. Uh, Hannah Christian, how are you? eBay shop girl, Blackberry Thistle T, always always loyal. And uh, I'm gonna destroy that name right now. Kernox uh, Connection, something like that. Kernox yeah. Connection, Strawberry Lemonade, Smoke a Lot, and Ayana Reseller. Hi yeah. from Seattle. Welcome to have you guys here. It, it's it's so awesome. Um, you know, just having the opportunity. I mean, a lot of times when Orlando and I do the podcast and it's not live, which is, you know, 95% of the time, uh, it's, it's great. And we know that people are going to listen, but it's very different feeling when, when you're in with us, you're commenting, we can kind of interact with you. So, uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, it, it's super cool. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, connections are close enough. I'll take that. All right. All right. Hey, so what's going on with you these days? Uh, we, we have not, like, we haven't been talking. Like we've yeah. been, we've been so busy. I think it's we're both trying to disconnect summer wise, and so yeah, you guys think that Mike and I like hang out every day and like we have breakfast in the morning, like that just doesn't happen. No. So this is our time right now. And it was going on with you recently. Oh, I did see your Instagram story the other day. Yeah. So I'm glad you got to garage those. I Tell know, me, me too. Yeah. So I mean, things have been pretty good. Um, you know, obviously still hot, but I've kind of forced myself to get through that trailer, the stuff. Uh, we had one person in one of our comments made a, uh, uh, the very insightful tip that I need to get the stuff out of the trailer because it could be too hot, specifically nice. with shoes, right? Like the, the glue on the shoes and the soles, of the shoes could start coming undone if the trailer gets too hot. So, uh, what I've done is part of the thing is I didn't want to hook up the trailer to my vehicle, drive it to our, our storage, spend all the time unloading things. So I've, I've done it in a way where I'm taking like two totes at a time and I took all the big stuff. That way I can kind of process it at like a tote or two at a time as opposed to here's eight totes plus, you know, all of the stuff that I had on top of it and try to do that in one day. Uh, so sometimes that's a good way of working is just kind of breaking things down into smaller pieces and giving yourself a timeline, right? Maybe you have a death pile and you say, hey, I'm, I got to get through all of this stuff. So I'm going to do one tote worth a day or I'm going to do these 15 items today, as opposed to just having it all, it can kind of become overwhelming. And I've noticed that with like other things in life, sometimes just writing down a list of like things you have to do and then telling yourself, I'm going to do this on Monday, this on Tuesday, this on Wednesday, you can kind of sleep better at night, right? Because you've already, you're not in your head thinking this is just stuff I have to do 
but you've got it kind of planned out when you're going to do it. It's it's something that's a little bit more manageable. So yeah, I've been doing that and uh, I've done a little bit of sourcing. Uh, How many items were in that trailer, do you think? Oh gosh, I haven't counted yet. Um, hundreds, you know. Hundreds? Yeah. Like you guys sourced hundreds. Yeah, yeah. we, we, we sourced a lot like, of things. Like more than 200. Um, I'd say probably close to 200, that maybe a little a over lot. 200. That is a lot. Now, obviously a lot of it is textiles or clothing, right? Yeah. Stuff that fit in a bin. Yeah, some of it is. Um, shoes, some toys. Toys are always very easy for us to do. Um, you know, those kind of fit in, in totes pretty well. Um, and then a lot of them were, you know, we had all those light bulbs. The nice thing is those were already kind of prepackaged. That made it easier. If I were to add those, maybe it's over a couple of hundred. Uh, but yeah, I mean, things have been uh, pretty good as far as that goes. And uh, yeah, what about you? What's, uh, what's well, before going on we now? jump on <laughs> Greg? Greg's comment right here about his Birkenstocks. So Greg Greg Stewart, Rocky Mountain reseller, says that he had a pair of Birkenstocks completely melt and shrink to half the size. Ooh. Left in the car for maybe two days. Eesh. I didn't, Greg. I'm sorry. I didn't even know that was Birks. Like I thought they were indestructible, right? Because you can buy. Seriously, you can source some of the trashiest Berks and still get like 40 bucks for them. Yeah. Right. I can't tell you how many times I've bought Berks that were just like, they f people were just basically went in the ocean for hours on end and like just dried them outside. So, yeah. whoa. Yeah. He that, can do that, some that's crazy pretty interesting. Even, I mean, think, I mean, I knew that with books. I had this book that I really, really okay, liked. Books and Berks are different things. Though. Right. But I mean, just the idea though that, you know, you think, okay, this can sit in the car for a day. And then I come back from my, you know, lunch break and I go out to the car on my lunch break and I grab this book and literally the binding is falling off. Right. Um, I've had that. Another thing is I do a lot of, um, not a lot, but I've gone disc golfing several times. So I had a whole bunch of, uh, discs in my, in my, in my car and the heat for some of them, they were just kind of sitting on something. They, they totally warped, which is terrible. And I kind of have like a random story with disc golf. I've never had like a lot of, you've had a lot of things like stolen from you and you, you kind That's of, that, that plays into your reselling a little bit. You're always a little nervous. I'm, I'm a broken gonna, person. Yeah. Someone's going to break into your car, break into your warehouse, break into, you know, your house and steal inventory, which I think is a legitimate fear. Um, and I haven't had a lot of things stolen from me, uh, especially like out of a car, out of a house or anything. But one time my car was broken into and I had, I think a couple of things stolen, but the weirdest part was I had, you know, my discs in this bag and there was, I don't know, maybe like 12 discs in the bag and they took all of my mid-range discs. So there's like putters for close distance, mid-range for further and drivers for like really long distance. And they just took those. They didn't take anything else. And I'm like, what were you like? Is this person like, oh, I've needed this. I have enough drivers, but I need some mid-range. It's mid like a book collection. Like they had all the pieces except for those. Yeah, they're like, I need to steal these. They didn't steal the bag. Like it was, it, to me, it seems crazy that they took the individual ones out. Like they cherry picked, like these ones seem good. So I guess it is a legitimate thing that people might steal uh, inventory from you. So that's why I say carry a moving blanket in your car because they're super easy to use. Just throw over all of your stuff. Um, and it's, you can get them that, that are like black or blue. They're very, they don't look like you're hiding anything. I mean, I guess they could if you do it the wrong way, uh, but it, it kind of blends in with your car. So yeah, don't get stuff stolen. <laughs> Nashville flippers, bring it up old memories. Didn't you get your lowrider stolen Orlando? Uh, so no, I, I had a 64 Impala back in the day and uh, I had a sound system. And in the middle of the day while I was uh, working, the entire car was stripped. Except for my car, they didn't steal my car because I had a former car thief. Did you come out put in they, a kill switch? Did, did you did you go out there and they were like on blocks, like your wheels were gone? Uh it was pretty close. I mean, the, the whole ignition was ripped out. You know how people steal cars in the mm. old school screwdriver? I don't know if you know how. Right. 
I don't know how, but I've seen. But yeah, so I've seen movies, you know. So what was anyway? There's a whole story behind it. I we shared another pod. I don't feel like this is the time, but yes, yes, that is that is part of my uh, family of origin, I guess you or whatever you want us to call it. Hey, uh, by the way. Uh, so you've had a lot of inventory and you've been sh- shifting, but you still found time to garage. So how's the garage sale scene been for you? Yeah. I mean, uh, pretty good. I would say I didn't do, um, like a lot of garage sales cause there just weren't a lot in my area and I had some other errands. I had to run appointments and things that day. Uh, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to this church rummage sale. That's, you know, pretty close. Cause I feel like church. I'm glad I didn't sales- go. I thought about it, but. Oh, I knew I was going to beat you to it. I but like, I, I know the people that were running it, and I just kind of um, didn't want to you know, feel awkward, awkward like, yeah. you know, haggling. So yeah. I decided not to. No, you know, and that's the thing is, like, I, I actually I sent you a text message because I don't remember what it was. You sent me something or I sent you a response to something. And I sent you a text message and you responded because you don't always turn your phone off, like, in the morning, but you sleep yeah. in. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm waking him up by sending this. I'm like, okay, if he doesn't respond, then he's going to sleep in and miss this this church rummage sale. But, no, nope, he responds, like, as I'm driving up, but I'm still like, oh, I bet he's just getting Mike up. Mike just didn't want me to show up. I'm fine with you showing up after me. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I cleared it of all the good stuff first. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but, no, it was actually pretty good. Um, I talked about it a little bit on my Insta story. Um, but I walked around and th- the tough thing is I almost thought a lot of times when you go to church rummage sales, it's smart to bring like a bag. I have like a big Costco bag that's like a uh, canvas. It's really big. I can fit a lot of things in it. And I wish I would have brought it because they didn't have bags or boxes. And a lot of times church rummage sales are a lot bigger than garage sales. So you might be picking up tons of stuff, right? And if they don't have boxes available for you, you're stuck carrying around a lot of things. And that's what happened to me. I, I had this bread maker. Um, there was actually two of them, but I decided to pick the one that was like the best quality bread maker. So I picked it up and then I'm just like stacking stuff on top of it and stuff's like falling off as I'm walking with it. So I'm like trying to carry all of this and I go and they charged, I think total for all the stuff I had in my hands, $8. And I was like, wow, oh, this is a good deal. That's really good. Right. And so I took that stuff to my car and then went back and did some more loops, which I'm glad I did because I think the most profitable stuff I found was when I spent some time digging through the clothes and finding some shoes uh, and some other stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, don't bring a big bag with you. I had one in my car, but I was just like, "Ah, I'm just going to do a quick Those Ikea bags. Do you have any of those Ikea bags? I do have Ikea bags. The nice thing, here's the trick with an Ikea bag. Uh, If you get those big blue Ikea bags is take a box that's about the size of the Ikea bag and stick it inside Ah, and it makes it nice and rigid, right? So you have the handles of the bag, but you don't have to worry about when you put stuff in, like things like kind of flopping and making the bag sink in. Uh, I have a bag like that that I use for a lot of like my camera equipment when I go do shoots and things like that. So uh, yeah, get a big Ikea bag, stick a box inside of it and let that be like the rigid walls of your Ikea bag. Uh, and whenever you do garage sales that are really big or rummage sales, it's worthwhile having that because no, if you've got your hands full of stuff, then you're you put it down to look at something else. But then you're like eyeballing it the whole time. Like somebody better not touch my stuff, you know, so. Uh, just maybe a little bit of a tip for you. Blackberry Thistle Tea commented, Orlando, you haggle at church sales. Yes. They're good. They're vicious. good. No, I'm not vicious. It's actually, it's, it's, listen, if they just told me this is what you have to pay, then I'm good with it. And most of the time, I will say, at a uh, church rummage sale, usually it's so cheap that I don't, I don't haggle it. I'm like, hey, because I'm benefiting someone, right? It's, it's for like a mission trip or it's to help the needy. Like, I, I don't, I don't feel right taking money. From from there, so yes, but I, but I hear what you're saying. Hey, what's going on? Sell quick, ship quick. How are you guys? Uh, Marek, uh, Mer- Marek Seven. 
Uh, and hey, real quick, this is a YouTube live. I know it's a podcast too, but if you guys have questions, let us know and we'll throw it up and we'll try to answer as best as possible during this time. So, cause we want to keep this interactive. That's why we go live. Like we, yeah. we love hearing from all of you. That's right. So I will, I will comment that garage sales have been nice mm. the last two weeks. And even though yesterday's garage sale wasn't as great as the one before, it reminded me of why I love garage sales because during the pandemic, I sold so well during the, we're still in the pandemic, but during the early days of the pandemic, I feel like it seems so we long ago. We need to have timeframes. We, like need, we time need to frames. break it up into like sections. The, the, the phase where like no one went anywhere because you thought if you breathe the air, like you would get sick. And so I remember I was selling all kinds of stuff for crazy profit and every item pretty much that I was selling for nice profit was a garage sale item, something I paid a dollar, two dollars. And I forgot that feeling because lately I've been having a source either through a wholesale connection of used goods or I've had to source, you know, thrift stores, which has been, it's been terrible. Like it, it just has not, the other day was a kind of surprise. I picked up a couple pairs of Hoka ones and some van shoes and so on. And so it was my first decent haul at thrift, but I haven't had a lot of hauls from garage sales. And the nice thing I like about garage sales is that you can make your money really quick. So those of you who follow us on Instagram, you already saw the story from two Saturdays ago. Somebody was selling 49ers gear. I show up. I miss out on a couple of nice jackets, but I buy a stack of literally probably 15 to 20 hats, three to four blankets, a stained glass, a golf head cover. I mean, I think I've mentioned this in the other podcast. I buy all kinds of stuff already from that haul. I paid $25 for that haul. First sale happened within 12 hours. A hat I listed it was a Houston Astros hat that was thrown in the mix for 40 bucks. Today I sold another forty, uh, another forty niners hat that I sold for forty bucks. So I'm already fifty dollars in the green, and I have only twenty five percent of that haul listed. But just imagine if you got that jacket. I don't want to. I rub like that no, in your face no, a I bit. can't. It just uh, it still bugs me. I mentioned it last podcast. Now yesterday I went and I showed up at a garage really late, and I, I'm sure a lot of you that follow us on Instagram saw this. I picked up a bunch of Harley gloves. And within, I don't know, like 16 hours of me listing the gloves, I paid 15 for a set of seven of them. One of them sold for $32 free ship, right? So already in the green. So I am loving garage. I'm going to be back on Saturday. It's kind of one of those things like you forget how good it is until the sales start kicking in. Now, the one thing I don't miss is the huge death piles that garage sales bring. Because I can tell you right now, and I'll be real, like my kitchen table is full of inventory right now. Just sitting now. My goal is over the next few days to take care of that. Now, on top of that, uh, Amazon's been interesting. So Amazon's been insane. Like it, the momentum has not stopped. Sales has still been good. But there's this thing, you know what the buy box is? It's yep. kind of like when you buy stuff, you know, like if you're buying from Amazon on there, uh, you know, it'll just say Amazon. But if it's third party seller, it'll put their name. And my name is a really crazy name. Like you, no one would ever guess it. Like no one, just trust me, you, you won't. We can even take the whole podcast to try to figure it out. But anyways, it's really weird. This is what I'm noticing. It is like forcing everyone to rotate in that buy box. Now, maybe I'm just new to this, but it used to be like, as long as you had the low price, you were always the one selling. But here's the thing. So there's been a $10 price difference between me and the other seller. So at one point I was the lowest. I'm like, I'm not making any sales. So then I ended up becoming the mid range. And then I don't know where, like four hours later, I'm selling through all my stuff. And then next thing you know, 
the next person up is selling their stuff. And then next thing you know, an hour later, the person below me is selling other stuff. And it's like constantly rotating, which, which is good if you have a small amount of inventory. But if you have a whole bunch of inventory you want to blow through, like that, that's kind of rough because you're hoping that that algorithm and when no one knows how it decides it, will put you in the buy box. So it's kind of like the eBay search. Like we don't know exactly, but you can cheat a little bit on eBay by doing promoted listings, by making sure you have a white background, offering free returns, being a top rated seller, all those things. So it's just been interesting, but here, here's what's crazy. So this item, so when I first started selling this item in early June, only nine people on the listing. Now there are 50. Now I've sold through about 500 of them. I still got about a hundred or so left and I think I'm done. I think I'm done now. Hey, I wanted to share something. Uh, Jessica Osborne here says, I wonder if I can click on Jessica Osborne's comment. She says, found Gore-Tex Danner's boots today. That thanks to Rolando shout out of this brand. Appreciate the knowledge. Hey, you are welcome. And the reason I brought that up is you, you got a pair of Loa yesterday, right? Loa hiking yeah, boots. Were yes. they Gore-Tex? Uh, I do. I, I do believe. Yes. Okay. Listen, I just sold one literally an hour after you found them for $125 nice. that I paid $8 for. So that that's our bolo for today. We're done. Thank you. And, and that's it. We'll move on. I'm just joking. Yeah. No, and you could tell too. I mean, one of the things that when you're first starting out, and I know many of you guys have been reselling forever, but if you're looking for new brands or a new niche, when it comes to certain things like clothing, um, and the same thing applies for a lot of times even electronics, a lot of times things just like wait and build. Like you can just tell whether something's quality. You know, you see a... Oh yeah, cowboy boots, if they're cheap, like they weigh super light, they're, they're garbage yeah, usually. Yeah. And that's weird too, because a lot of times like then when you get into higher end stuff, like you want to get lighter and lighter and lighter, but you could still tell by build quality, right? Like there's mm -hmm. a difference. But yeah, so electronics, if you see, if you're looking at like receivers or you're looking at, you know, things for, uh, you know, vintage audio, a lot of times you can pick it up and if it feels pretty light, then chances are it was cheap, you know, techniques, whatever. It was like mass produced. Or if you pick it up and it feels like you're picking up bricks, right? Chances are the components that are inside are like really, <laughs> really high quality. And, up and, and and so even if you don't know anything else, that might give, be be a like a red flag that hey maybe I should research this brand, look this up. Same thing with clothing, right? A lot of times you can just kind of I'm not saying I do this. I'm not I don't have like superpower, but a lot of times when I'm going through um, shirts or something like that, pants, sometimes just by the feel you can be like you know what this feels different. It feels smoother, softer. It feels a you know you can kind of just tell quality or it's thicker. It's not quite as thin as a lot of these other shirts are. And that might give an indication that, hey, this is a brand maybe I should look up. And that might only work, you know, 50% of the time, but that's better than nothing. And you don't have to learn as much right away. You can kind of learn out in the field just by feeling the weight on stuff. Uh, so, yeah. So I want, I'm going to share something later, but I figured out a way, like if you're new and you want to find out what to buy, like this is, I mean, this is going to be like something that people are like Orlando, like everyone does this. But it was new to me, so I'll share a little bit later. But uh, yeah, that's, hey, a, that's a that's a little teaser for a little teaser. So hey, Ayana yeah. reseller said yes, she's not the cheapest on Amazon, but yes, the box is rotating. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I maybe it, you know this happened last Q4. I think what happens is it depends on your region. So if things can get shipped out faster to somebody in a certain region, your item shows up over the cheaper item. So so it's it's been good. It's been great. I will say. I'm looking forward to some people have called it the Q5 because right now we're in Q4 land. Like it's, it's sales are just, as long as you're listing, as long as you're sending in product to Amazon and the ranking's good, like things are selling it, yeah. it, without a problem. So making it. Oh, here's a good comment here. Um, 
Any chance we're going to see Mike and Orlando going to flea markets in Southern California? Huh. You know, um, not only is it possible, like we'll be doing some sourcing there, but we've actually got uh, some some interesting plans in the works here. Yeah, we, uh, we can't reveal anything yet. We're, we're not going to reveal anything because this is going to be mind-blowing, life-changing, incredible I might be overselling this, but it's going to be really good uh, if we end up going through with this. So uh, keep an eye out and uh, just be thinking, you know, flea markets. I'm looking forward to it because here's the thing. Years ago when I used to go to the, we call it swap meets here, but same thing, flea market. And I remember going and I could never find anything. I mean, it's it's been like five years since I've gone to one. And we have this huge one called Kobe swap meet that meets in, in, you know, downtown San Diego somewhere. And I remember I could not find stuff. I always found stuff for myself, but I can never find stuff to flip. And I remember that exact same feeling when I would go to thrift stores years ago. I'm like, this is crazy. Thrifting isn't real. Reselling isn't real. And now I'm like, yeah, I can find stuff anywhere. It's it's now a choice of, do I want to pick this up? Is it worth the hassle? So I'm hoping the same thing will happen when we go to swap meet eventually. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Hey, uh, any random stories you want to share? Yeah. So um, I was, I don't even remember where we were at, but my wife and I were driving home from somewhere and on our way home, we see some estate sale signs and it's a Thursday, right? And I don't even normally look up like garage sales or anything until like getting close to Friday night, sometimes Friday in the afternoon. Uh, and I'm like, Thursday estate sale? And it's really close to our house, like not too far, neighborhood pretty close. So we're seeing these signs where like, let's just go check it out, right? I mean, I don't, we didn't really bring cash with us, but it's close enough to our house that we could, I mean, we've got a little bit of money in the car, but if we needed to, we can drive home, get money, and I'll stay there while you go get money. So we were driving in this neighborhood and we're seeing the houses and they're just gorgeous houses, huge, it's a good beautiful houses, right? And we pull up to where the, the estate sale is and there's already like a sold sign on the outside of the house. And we're pulling up and they hired like a big estate company. Like the signs that were outside weren't like somebody like with a Sharpie on a, on a poster board. These were like flags and like nice professional signs. There's a big old trailer in the yard. So we're like, okay, this is a big estate sale. Um, and this house, I would say, I, I mean, I'd have, I'm sure I could look it up because it's a public record, but I'm sure this house right now is at least a $5 million home, right? Maybe more like this is just a mansion of a house. And where the estate sale was, was actually this like detached, huge, like RV garage. And we're like, oh, well, that's kind of a bummer that it's just this one garage, but you know, let's check it out. But the weirdest thing was, um, well, two things. One, we didn't have any cell phone signal at all, right? So even if we were like, oh, let's look stuff up, we couldn't. My wife and I both, no cell phone signal. So we're like, oh, like, okay, we got to go off of what we know. And a lot of times we do good there, but we saw so many things we didn't know anything about. So we were taking pictures and we're like, okay, we'll go home. But the weirdest part is all of the stuff that was in this estate sale, you can tell was just like, leftover things of like who like nothing was expensive or super nice oh they're house rich maybe that's house rich no it I, happens I all the time n- no where I, houses are amazing and it's like no offense i shop at walmart and target but all the decorations are like walmart target ross but, but it, it wasn't even like that it wasn't even like these were like middle of the road items or low-end items it was just like the stuff that when you go to like garage sales that are you know, kind of just like a, a junk in their garage type garage. So like, that's what it looked like. Just this stuff that had been piling up miscellaneous boxes. So it wasn't what I think probably happened is I don't know whether this was an estate sale because somebody passed away or an estate sale because somebody was moving. But I think they're wealthy enough to say, we don't want to do a garage sale and we don't want to do a dump run. All this stuff is going to the dump. So we're going to hire an estate company. They can come and what they could sell whatever they want. We'll make some money and then they take the rest. Because I think that's how a lot of estate companies work is, yeah. is they kind of work to 
you know, they sell, they get a percentage of it, and then they take whatever doesn't sell afterwards, or at least sometimes they negotiate that. So I'm assuming that's what it was. It was really like, hey, let's let's use this as like probably a the end seller didn't show up because usually there's a there's an end. I mean, end buyer. Usually there's the state sale, and then whatever they can't sell, they know who to contact that that's willing to pick that up. Right. Maybe that person didn't show. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe there is an end buyer, but I'm just saying like like. I'm imagining the owner was just like, I just want this stuff gone and maybe make a little bit of money. But I'm, I'm imagining like they're too wealthy to sit out and do a garage sale. And they're like, we can just take it to the dump or we can, you know, I don't know. But um, we, I didn't really find anything other than some books. Um, and I took a lot of pictures of things, went home. Like there was like a paint mixer, color analyzer thing. And and even that wasn't worth money. I found what was really cool were like emergency food rations in boxes, like the ones that are pre-packed. And it's like 30 of them in a box. And I'm like, oh, I know these are a ton You're of money. You're just getting ready. And I'm well, I'm thinking like, you know, right now there's buy some going generators on, too. People, people, I, I've got enough generators. I'm good with that. <laughs> but um, they're like people are are worried, right? Like if, if anybody's gonna be prepping, like the kind of like meals in advance, MRE kind of military ones, the survival hiking meals. So I'm like, these this is a killer because they've got like 15 boxes and each box has like 30 packs in it. And they were all expired as of 2018. So I'm like, well, that's a waste, right? So we really didn't score on that. Uh, but it was just bizarre to see like such a huge, beautiful home and kind of expecting a lot. And it was a surprise anyways, but it was fun to, to do a little bit of looking around with my wife. We don't- Now, were there other them. people there like finding stuff? No, a couple other people showed up, but it didn't seem like it was like when we got there, they had just set up is what it seemed like. Interesting. Or maybe it's a permanent garage sale. You know those permanent ones? No? No, no, no. Okay. No. This is- Tell me, it was in state sale. They sold the house. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, but um, yeah, so, anyways, not tons there. But then the other thing that happened this week that uh, we've had happen a few times, which is really frustrating. So some of you guys might be able to connect with this. Is we have had multiple packages lost through the USPS. Oh no. Here we go. And it's miserable because after our conversation we had last time, like the first time I had a package lost through USPS, it was kind of like oh, well, you know, like I've shipped it. I showed tracking out. I'm not responsible for it. But then after you're like, well, until it gets to them, you're responsible. I'm a little bit more frustrated when I send something out and it doesn't get to them. We had a customer reach out to us. Uh, hey, this item is not showing, you know, it hasn't arrived yet and it's showing like in transit and it's been in transit for like four days. We mm -hmm. hadn't even checked mm -hmm. to see if it was delivered. Clearly lost, late, something. Um, but it's one of those things that I know we've heard a lot of people talking about how frustrating it is. The USPS seems like recently is having more and more problems. Uh, and I actually just read an article right before we started the podcast. Um, it just showed up in my newsfeed that the USPS has like reorganized at the top. Yeah. They fired a bunch of people. Yeah. Well, they said, <laughs> or they give them the option, like either you go, or, they moved them into yeah. different, different departments and, or terminated, uh, 26 of like, I think it's 26 or 28 of like the top executives. Uh, in the the branches and it's supposed to be able to reorganize and help make it better. But I saw that they had lost between, I think it was May or April and to June. It was like a very short period of time. They had lost like $2.2 .2 billion. Uh, so so not only are they struggling financially, but they're struggling right now, I'm assuming, keeping up with this, the increase of sales that are happening and packages are getting lost. And Wait so, till Q4. Yeah, it's just, it's it's tough. Hopefully uh, everything's fixed. I, and I hope that there's some kind of protection that they can do for, I mean, it's one thing, you know, you can buy insurance, but if you're just sending like $15 shirts and if a bunch of those, even if it's like one in 20 are getting lost and you're having to deal with refunding customers for something that's really not your fault. It went out, it went out well, on let time. Me, let, me, let me interject here a little bit. So if an item 
is lost, right? The question we always get all the time is who's responsible for the item? So until the item arrives to the individual, you are responsible, right? So, you know, they may contact you and out and you might say, Hey, they should, they should follow up. It's actually, it's on you. So now once it shows delivered and if they say, Hey, I didn't get it, which has been happening. So let me explain what that means. So I was just talking to our, our post lady at our local post office because she says a lot of people are coming to the post office upset because they're saying, Hey, on the tracking, it shows arrived, but it never came to my house. And the way she explained it to me was that it shows arrived, but it's actually arriving to the post office and, and the people are showing up like a day early or a few hours early before the post office can get out and send it. I know it sounds weird. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It, sh- it should only show delivered when it shows up at the person's house. Sounds like she's just making stuff up. No, it's true. Because what's happened here, I've had this happen five times in the last month where it shows delivered. And I've called the post office. And I'm like, hey, listen, I have a buyer here that they're telling me that, you know, they never received the item. It shows that they delivered it. And what they tell me is, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, we're about to go out and take it out. We just we marked delivered just because we have so many packages coming through five times. Well, OK, so and so for so me, once it's like, OK, it's a random occurrence, but five different locations is happening then it's a it's a common thing. I would say they're doing it, but this isn't a policy, right? This isn't like what they're supposed to be doing. It shouldn't say delivered until it gets there. This is like a company trying to make it look like their metrics are better than they really are. Is kind of what they're doing there. All right. Hey, look at this. We got a a, a $10 super chat from Flip for More. Woo, woo, woo. He's been having those major hustle of the week all the time. Yeah. So I appreciate him dropping a little dough from those flips. So yeah. thank you, Flip for More. Thank you so much. Awesome. Hey, want to say hi to some people on the feed that just joined us? Uh, Allison, uh, big, I think it says big drift, but if it doesn't, it's big thrift drift, big drift, thrift, big drift, drift. <laughs> it is big drift. What's going on, Allison? Hey, what's going on? Rising grind picker. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Strawberry lemonade, Eric. I'm going to say Stefano or it could be Stefano. I, I messed that up too. So, Hey, thank you so much for joining us. We got some new Ken has been joining. He's always been on our live. So, Hey, um, so the post office thing has been interesting because it really gives you also perspective on what buyers don't know. Mm. So I had an, had a, a package and I don't want to belabor the point because we all know what's going on. Well, hopefully we don't all know exactly everything that's going on because that means everybody's miserable. But yeah, I've had packages and the latest one was something I shipped out to North Carolina and it was like in transit forever and it showed up in Daytona, Florida. Now, is it possible that it went from San Diego all the way across the United States to Florida and then it was going to go up to North Carolina? It's possible. And the interesting thing is that tracking doesn't tell you anything. So I really recommend you have a great relationship with your post office. I, I went down to my local post office and said, hey, listen, can you guys help me out? I, I need to know what's going on. And they said, yeah, well, we can see on our end, it just somehow ended up in Florida and it's going back to North Carolina. And it did. And it closed the case. Now, I want to share a story here that hopefully helps uh, some people not get money taken out of their accounts without them knowing. So Orlando in typical Orlando fashion switched two labels on two packages. So <laughs> somebody that was supposed to get a Sitka hunting camo pullover got a golf mini squirt. So I don't even know how that went down. I, you know, I don't even know, like they were both in a padded priority. So I must've just switched the labels somehow. Now I just would like to see the people's face when they open these packages, right? Because 
obviously they're in different parts and and if they had significant others with them i wonder how that went down like hey why who sent you a skirt yeah or who's sending you who's sending you hunting gear like oh no the skirt (laughs) yeah i know i know it just was weird so, but here's the crazy next, thing. Next time you send the package to the wrong person, just add a random um, like love letter in there too. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So luckily it was only a skirt. So here's the thing. So these packages get arrived and here's, the, they arrived within a minute of each other because, well, I don't know if they arrived within a minute, but I got messages from both buyers within a minute to each other. And I'm like, that's a good sign. Cause that means you switch packages. If you only get one and then you get one and then you get another one. That means you might have switched three or four packages, which I've done that mega mess before. So, because I'm not perfect, you know, just high roll. That's why sometimes slow is smooth, smooth is fast. It's true. It's true. Okay. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, purehustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. So I get, and luckily the both people were really nice about it. I messaged both. I said, Hey, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to track your package down. Actually, the buyer just messaged me. I know where your stuff is. I know where your stuff is. As soon as I get it, I'll send it back out. So 
instead of losing, I <laughs> before I speak, Ayana reseller says, uh, Orlando, I print labels one at a time. Yeah, so do I. Not, not Orlando. Because of Orlando. Okay, well, oh, because of Orlando. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, so do I. And this time, he, I know what happened. I wanted to get to the post office before 5 o'clock. It was like 4.51 and I was flying. So thank you, Ayana. I'm glad I can help. I just and Martha, I hope Martha too. But uh, so they both message. I message them back. We're all good. They both arrive now. Here's the problem. I told both buyers to ask for a return because so then I can refund them, right? So they both put in their return. You know, wrong item sent. Yeah, I got the INAD, but I wasn't too worried about it. It was my fault. Well, here's the problem. I sent both packages out, but both returns are open. And if you don't call eBay, those returns automatically close. So I called eBay on both of them. And the one person got their skirt right away. And so that one closed. When I called eBay, they were able to close it right away. But they're like, hey, we don't know if the other item we got, we have to keep it open. And they told me to follow up. Well, I forgot to follow up. So the other day, I'm like, yeah, you know, on my phone, having a good time. And I see this like eBay case closed. We have reimbursed the buyer from your credit card ninety two dollars. Oh, insult to injury! And I'm like, what? What is? What do you mean you ninety two dollars? And this, and we're gonna talk about managed payments in a moment. But this came out of my credit card because I had no money in managed payments, and my backup payment was my credit card. So I'm like, oh, this is not good. So I call eBay, and I, I'm like, hey, listen, the item got there. Tracking was uploaded. So here's eBay. If you're listening, it would be awesome that if these scenarios happen and you upload a second tracking number that somehow in the return, you can put the second tracking number. So eBay automatically triggers that item is delivered and you close the case because what happens is eBay has no way of tracking that. So I called eBay and that's exactly what they told me. They said, Hey, we don't know. We don't know anything about that tracking number until you called us. And so since you weren't able to follow up, we had to refund the person. But you know, they were awesome. They said, hey, listen, we're not going to try to reverse it today because our office is closed. If I try to put it in, it's going to close it out. I'm going to put a note on my office desk and at one thirty tomorrow when I come in, I'm going to do it. And sure enough, I was like, I hope this happens. I look and it's like one thirty-five case done. Like, so I got my money back and so on. So if you ever have a switch label scenario and you ask people to do the return so then you can get them labels, that's the main reason I asked them to open a return is so they can print out a label to get the items back to me is to follow up with eBay until eBay gets that fixed. Now, another workaround through that, if that happens is you can somehow through, through eBay, like I've done it before where like you ask them for their email, like which you can do after the transaction is done, you can use outside communication. It's only that before the transactions done where you can Before get in eBay trouble. Before eBay makes their money. Before eBay, yeah. Once eBay's made their money, you can you can drop a number, you know, you can text each other, like get on Snap, like you can do whatever after. Mm. It doesn't matter. Let's go get some coffee. Get some coffee, whatever it is. So so Lisa Chase just said right there. So what she did is she sent each buyer label to send each other with the explain it. So you can go down that road. You obviously believe in the goodness of people. I don't because I've I do, but not, I, I believe all of us has our, our side, but I've, I've sent stuff incorrectly and people have just, kept, it just kept stuff. Just never heard a peep gone into the netherworld of somebody's possessions. So the other option is you can communicate and say, Hey, listen, can I have your email? And you can go to pirate ship, create a label, and then 
email that label the PDF so then they don't have to open the return. Then you don't have to deal with that scenario. So there's two routes that you can go about it. Just be careful about that because you can end up like Orlando and losing $90 and so on. So, all right. So that is, uh, that, that's uh, kind of my random stories. Yeah. So hopefully that was helpful. All right. Hey, let us know if you have any questions. Also, if you haven't yet, make sure to hit that subscribe button and smash that like button or destroy it or whatever you want to do uh real quick before we get into reseller topics if this is the first time you are watching us on youtube or you're you're only on the podcast we're also on social media we drop a lot of content there too uh we have a lot of fun we engage with all of you the best way to get a hold of us actually is dming us via instagram and so we're on instagram tiktok and facebook as pure podcast we're on twitter as pure cast uh you can also give us a call 619 1170 that's 619-738-1170 or shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com as always thank you for all the reviews on itunes they definitely help us in the algorithm and on youtube thank you for all of you that have been subscribing actually checking our latest drops we've actually been dropping some videos i don't kind of i kind of like dropping the videos once i get the audio all squared away yeah. it's kind of fun to do it's fun yeah. so so maybe dropping some more of those and as always, thank you for all of you. Have been, we've been selling some shirts again. So thank you guys that have been selling shirts. It'd be awesome to sell out. I think we're about the break-even point. Almost there. We're almost there making our, our money back. But hey, it's all about you know just providing you guys value. And that's where we're about 100% free all day, every day. All right. Are we ready? I think so. Because this is a very important time. Because there are things happening in the world. So important. So important. And these things are happening, and we are going to discuss some of them because we can't discuss all of them because that would not be feasible. So let's discuss them, Orlando. All right. So I want to talk about managed payments. And if you're in the feed, let us know. Give us a thumbs up if you are now in managed payments. Share with us your, your thoughts. So are you in managed payments yet? Did they enroll you? Yeah. Okay. I'm in. All right. Let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of managed payments right now. Let's, should we go bad or good? Let's I don't go know. Um, I honestly don't have a ton of opinion on it yet. I, I feel like I got to go a little bit longer. I mean, there have been a few things that I'm like, eh, but uh, you know. Okay, right. so what I don't do think. What, what do you I got think, good? I don't think there's. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any bad or ugly. I think there's things that people may have not thought about. Mm. Right. So let's talk about first the fact that we're no longer on PayPal. So no longer will PayPal steal my two point nine percent on on a canceled transaction or a return. So that's a yay. Yeah, thief. Thief. Goodbye. They're, they're, All right. You're going to be losing more money in the long run on managed payments. No, you won't. It's cheaper and it's less. And and actually, if I do a return, they're going to give me back my 2.9% where somehow PayPal, it was okay for them to do that. Like You're, you're straining gnats and swallowing camels over there, Orlando. I don't know. Well, I'm just, I'm just perturbed. Okay. I'm just glad to be done. All right. So managed payments. Here's, if those of you have not jumped on managed payments, so if you have a bunch of items that you sold... Okay, and you sold them before managed payments. Obviously, they went through PayPal. Do not clear your entire PayPal account out because if you get returns, you have to pay via PayPal. So what happened to me this past weekend is I had some returns. I tried to do returns via managed payments and it kept giving me an error. So then I called eBay and they told me that I couldn't refund buyers from the managed payments, which doesn't make sense. Like I, I'm not... I mean, there's money there, but maybe because there's a special contract or a link or something on the back end. So there's two ways that I could resolve it. One is I transferred money back to PayPal and, you know, PayPal again is shady. This is how they're shady again. 
So do you guys realize during the pandemic, if you transfer money on PayPal, from PayPal to your bank account or your bank account to PayPal, instant, instant. Now that things are a little better, I guess, PayPal now charges you again to transfer money same time. But if you go to Europe, guess what? It's instant and there are no fees. All right. So PayPal again, you know, glad to be done. So I transferred money to my PayPal account. What is today? Today is August 9. I transferred money yesterday. My money is not going to show for me to refund this poor buyer until August 12th. August 12th. So could I, if I could do it over again, I would have texted Mike and I said, Hey Mike, can you just PayPal me whatever the amount is for this return? And then I'll just, I'll meet up with you at the podcast and I'll give you the money. Cause then that's pretty quick. Like if you do uh, friends and family, like it's pretty instant. Or even if you do a merchant thing, it's pretty instant. But if you transfer from your bank or vice versa, it takes a long time. Cause eBay wants, I mean, cause PayPal wants you to pay more. They just want you to pay to do a basic thing. So that's, that's one thing. So be aware of that. Be aware of that. So if you haven't switched to managed payments and you have things in the hopper that are either return or you just want to make sure you don't deal with the hassle, I wouldn't clear out your PayPal yet. The other part is on managed payment, there's no weekend payouts. So the nice, nice thing about PayPal was the moment somebody paid, that money was instant. It was in your account. Now, if it happens Saturday and Sunday, you will not see that money till Monday. So, so be aware that not, that's not going to affect a lot of us, right? Usually you already have money in the bank. Hopefully you're not hoping for that one eBay sale to have money in your bank account, but that's another part. So I'm kind I, I kind of, I kind of missed the instant PayPal payouts because that was kind of nice. Oh, hey, strawberry lemonade. I like that idea. She said, open a second PayPal account, uh, to transfer money from if you need to. Okay. But when you but that, open up a PayPal account, is the money that you put oh, that in is true. I don't know. I don't know. I It may be. It may be. Maybe because you're new, they don't charge you. You know, because that's how yeah. PayPal rolls. So, all right. And so, so be aware of that. Now, what I did like about managed payments, what was nice was I like the breakdown. It, it tells you, like, it takes all the fees out. Now, the only fees that I'm still not, I'm still not 100% understanding is on the rights. <laughs> Is on the right. I'm just laughing. Can we go to the super chat? Listen, button. I've always said button this way since I was a kid. People gave me a hard time all through college. It is what it is. So you can't, you can't fix it. Please or, say or do button you, do instead you of button. No, no, no. You did it backwards. Please say button. Yes. Button. Yes. Button. Hey, hey you know what? It was worth $4.99 to get it wrong. So I'm good with that. Thanks so much, Frank no, Saragossa. It was worth $4.99 to teach you a lesson. I, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Again. I'll take it. Well, thank you, Frank. I appreciate that super chat. Um, so yeah, uh, Sir Notch, as a connection says, I like watching the money build. Yeah, it is nice. And, and it's going to be a nice payout on Monday. Like I'm seeing the account. I'm like, all right, this is, this is kind of nice. So but be aware that um, the, the payout situation is, is interesting. Um, I'm hoping that it'll get to instant. I really think eBay should do a thing that if you have a certain amount of feedback or seller metrics, that that money should be instantly available to you. I don't see why not. Uh, you've proven yourself. It's good to go. Uh, but, you know, I also understand why they have it that way. That's uh, Amazon's the same thing. Mercari is actually worse. Poshmark is worse. Like you have to wait three days and the person has to like give you a rating and then you get your money. So. So I get it. I get it. 
Any any other thoughts on managed payments? No, I think we had something similar happen uh, with... I think, I'm pretty sure it was a return that we had an issue with. I think there was one other thing that happened. Uh, but I mean, I've noticed that as soon as people are buying things, like we've had a few things that sell instantly and you know, it's nice to see like, hey, this came through Visa, right? Instead of PayPal. And so mm. just opening up more options for people, ways for people to pay. I'm hoping in the long run that uh, makes it easier. Because I remember even for me, I would say PayPal is one of those things that's a little interesting because I know people were using it for eBay. Um, and I know some people still use PayPal for like Amazon, but I know a lot of people just had their credit cards on Amazon. And so for me, PayPal was just that thing you had to get in order to do eBay. But then when you look at like internationally, PayPal is actually a company that continues to grow despite the fact that they lost eBay as a, as a contract. Um, their, their, their growth, you know, their metrics are looking really well. They're, they're I mean, they're, they're just... They're a flourishing company, and I don't see why or how, but I think part of it is because they operate maybe not necessarily on like the individual level. They kind of maybe more like big businesses, companies, I don't know, or maybe it's more of an international platform. Uh, so it, it is kind of just nice to see that I think a lot more people are used to just paying with Visa and having that because now with like iPhones, I mean, because one of the benefits of having PayPal was you were logged into your account. If you were logged into your account, it was just easy. You just slid the thing and you can, you know, pay and you didn't have to put in credit card information. But most phones now like hold all that stuff. All you have to do is say like, all right, pay with and you have like a drop down of like, I want to pay with one of these four cards and it's just instant or it's you save it to the 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 website you're using. So I think a lot more people, especially younger people, are more comfortable using a credit card than they are opening up some other account, like you said, especially with, I, I just imagine if you're 18 right now and you are growing up in a time where Venmo exists, right? And the idea of like PayPal is like, why would I use PayPal when there's Venmo? So I think more people are going to be comfortable with using credit cards and other ways of payment besides going through PayPal or it just seems, I don't know. So maybe there's some benefits with that. Um, you know, I think we'll have to wait and see how this shakes out um, over the long run. And hopefully, hopefully it leads to to more sales and and a move in the right direction for English. Yeah, and I think it, I I like managed payments. So get me wrong. It's just things like I I really wonder if I'm sure they did, but I wish I don't know if eBay had like focus groups of resellers because I'm sure that question would have came up like, hey, once we go to managed payments and people bought stuff on PayPal, could we refund them? Mm. Right? It would have eliminated all that. And it wasn't that big of a headache. I mean, it was it was a it was bothersome, but it, it didn't bother me too bad. So that's just that's just my thoughts. Oh, so, there, so so turns out that PayPal owns Venmo. See, they're so smart, right? Like I almost wish eBay would do that. Like, not that they should start another platform. Well, they're gonna start lending money and all that now. Are they? They're there's kind of they're already doing loans as part of like now that they have managed payments, like you can get loans from eBay and, and so on. I mean, so. that's good, but I just mean that like if you're if you're young you've got Venmo as an option. It's like fee-less and all these things. Um, and you maybe never even had to worry about PayPal. And PayPal, like if they own it, like they kind of almost have two branches, two companies doing the same thing, but in different ways. Uh, so that's genius. I, I like that. <laughs> Amy Lee Monroe says, 99 buttons, but a button ain't one. There you go. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's so hilarious because I, I just laugh because I, I had a conversation about this the other day with someone. So anyways, all right, that doesn't matter anymore. Okay, hey, by the way, eBay is having their 25th anniversary celebration. Seller like S-E-L-L-E-R-bration. Yay, so, good job, eBay. Hey, it's a big deal. So 
if if you want some eBay swag for the 25th anniversary, go to the eBay community page, Seller News, and you can register. I already registered us, Mike. So we're going to be there. It's going to be all virtual. So yeah, I want to get some swag and then you could flip that swag. I remember we have a ton of eBay swag right now. I know we should we should post some of that. Um, Can I talk about that? Oh, no, go ahead. I'll talk about that. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, so like we went to that Poshmark event, right? And we were there with Sell Quick, Ship Quick, who I think is on, watching the show right now. And we weren't even thinking. We were walking out and they had like uh, Poshmark. I think it was like Posh Boss is what it said or something. License plate. Yeah, license plate covers. And I'm not a fan of license plate covers or like stickers on my car or anything like that. So I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm a Posh Boss on my car. And they're like, no, pick pick one up. You can sell it on eBay. And sure enough, yeah, we picked them up, sold them for like... 10 or 15 bucks, I think, on eBay. I think we sold one on eBay and one That's on Poshmark. Hilarious. Yeah, so, uh, you know, get, get swag. And if you don't want to keep the swag, uh, sell it. Oh, hey, Joe brought up a good point. We should pull up Joe right there real quick. Joe says, I still need my PayPal account because of Bonanza. Great point, Joe. Bonanza, the sleeper platform that you all should be on if you have eBay. Have you done Bonanza, Mike? Nah. Why? Why? I. It is. Listen, all you do is import your listings. And you sell one or two items a month and usually people pay full price and they never return never. So if you're not on Bonanza, you are sleeping in a coma. Like you have no idea what you're missing out on. Bonanza is the easiest, easiest platform out there. So yes, China's connection says Bonanza is so simple. If you, I could just get you on Bonanza, that was worth the entire listen of this podcast. That's how much I believe in Bonanza. Even though I only get one or two sales a month on Bonanza, they're usually money sales, like full price, good quality payments. All right. So eBay celebration is happening. Oh, this is what I want to talk about. So I'm wearing the eBay for business podcast shirt. Yeah. And this is why. Why, uh, why is that, Orlando? <laughs> so I was listening to, I believe is episode 101 of the eBay for business podcast. And I was listening to it because some of our followers on Instagram said, check it out, Orlando. So here's what happened. I want to thank all of you that listen to our podcast and support us. Because what took place was they had this contest. And the top first 10 sellers to call in about their favorite moments on the EV for Business podcast would get some eBay swag. So this was not planned. We never told anyone to do this. We never DM'd. We did nothing. I didn't even know. We didn't even know this happened until people started hitting us up. So out of the 10, there was like two in a row and then they skipped one and they went to another one. Three of them said that their favorite moment was when Pure Russell Podcast was on the eBay for Business podcast. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. So it was so good that uh, I think it's Marnie and Griff. They had to go like, oh, I see a pattern happen here. Maybe we need to have them back on the podcast. So I, I'm like, I, I was pumped. I just wanted to say, Thank you to all you guys for doing that. Now, on the other side, I'm a little sad because eBay sent out this like survey and it's kind of like, what influencer like do you mostly watch for eBay? And, you know, obviously they're going to have the people that have the big numbers like Daily Refinement was there, Rally Roots, of course. Um, a few other, Lindy Glenn was on there. I'm, I'm, um, I'm forgetting, uh, Suzanne Wells was on there and, and a few more people, but we weren't on there. And not that I expected us to be on there, but there was that other box. Uh, so if if you'd like to on the other P- Pure Hustle podcast, I'd this is our campaign. More. This is our campaign for, for Pure Hustle podcast. Pure Hustle podcast twenty twenty. Yes, I don't. I don't know. I just thought it. I just, I just thought it was interesting. So we have to have a slogan. How about 
real relevant reselling. They, what? We do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do. Now, the funny thing is there's so many other reasons. I mean, Craigslist Center wasn't on there. Resale Rabbit was on there. I mean, those guys are like big timers. DIY Mike, who has, I think he has like 350,000 subscribers. So, yeah, some of the big timers are on there either. I'm just saying. Just saying. All right. Hey, let me know, let us know if you have any questions. We'd love to answer them. Uh, <laughs> Amy Lee has an interesting question on there, though. But it's not for us, but it's for the for everyone. You want to throw that up on there? Is this happening? Mm-hmm. Who thinks that Mike Ronaldo should start rapping again? Like right now, just freestyle? No, no, no. We, no. <laughs> we are not doing that. Oh, okay. Alana says no. Sorry. But there, I was there, ready to go. There is a, we want, I want to drop one like at the start of Q4 so people can, you know, bump in their car while they're sourcing. Um, they're in yeah. Q4. So, yeah. All right. Uh, next. So Jeff Bezos, if you saw him, he was on before Congress. He was being questioned. Right. By antitrust and so on. It's kind of interesting because, you know, we think that Bezos knows everything that's going on. But, you know, he's just when you're so rich, you make other people do things. Right. So they're asking him, like, do people have to verify their identity? And he's like, I think so. Like, yeah, obviously. Now, if you guys don't know, on Amazon, I think it's September 1st. You have to put your name and your address like on. it's going to be on your Amazon page, which I think is a complete invasion of privacy. But that's for another conversation. What I thought was interesting in it is that Bezos had again reiterated the fact that the, one of the arguments again against them being a monopoly is that they have a huge amount of third-party sellers, and actually it's grown past 60%. So I say all this because if you haven't jumped onto Amazon, there is still opportunity. And I know people are going to say, I'm gated in a lot of categories or it's a lot of capital. Hey, there's always a way to start. Use books, use electronics, scan until you find stuff you can send in. Over time, build your metrics. Um, I, with caution, recommend that you could always join a group that does on gating, maybe. I've never used those resources, so I don't recommend them at all, but they're out there. But but here's, if we got a question too, we should answer uh, a little bit. So what I'm saying is this is that there is plenty of money to be made on Amazon. And I think even this Q4 is going to be more because I really believe Amazon is clearing warehouses. Um, So this inventory performance index is going to limit a lot of sellers either because, you know, unless you're on social media or unless you actually read your Amazon messages, like you didn't know that the number went up to 500 and come August 16, which is, you know, only a week away, your metrics are going to be off and there's you're not going to be able to send stuff in. So that leaves opportunity for other people. So again, and, and Ken Daigle says it, and I don't know if it's that close, but it, it's right now here. If you find something with a low ranking and you're ungated, it's almost close to printing money. It depends. It may be printing like nickels or maybe printing $5 bills or maybe printing $20 bills. It all depends on what you're sourcing. But Right now, I'm telling you, the opportunity is there. There is way more demand in the market for stuff than there is supply right now. And uh, so I'll share a little bit more about that in a moment. But I want to get some questions here. Uh, Let's see here. Molly, did you have a question there? Hold on real quick. Before that, it is uh, just about time for uh, my son to go to bed. And he always watches live. So good night, Judah. I love you. Have a good night. You're my buddy. Be good for mama. Good night, Judah. All right, so question. Molly Davis says, I chose, no, right there at the bottom, right there. 
She says, I chose to get my managed payment almost a week. Problem is eBay moved a day, maybe? Is that what it says? Tuesday. Anyone else taking payment once a week? And if so, what day is Tuesday a standard day for once a week payouts? So I don't know. I don't know if, yeah, I probably should have brought that up because I'm doing daily payouts. Uh, I would think it would probably be one day for everyone. That's kind of the way it is with Amazon. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. So, hey, let us know if you have any other questions. All right. We we did have a question where someone asked how much we would take. Uh, it would require for us to shave our beards. Is that is that? Oh man! Oh, I, I just it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, it is right here. How much would you have to receive in super chat for you to both shave? So, the number is high. The number is higher it than is. than it is than, higher than, than anybody can get. pay. Yeah, it, it's. For I don't reals. know. I don't know that anybody could pay, but uh, it, it's up there. If you've got that kind of money, you 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 know who you are. You're a select few. Thanks, Clay. You can you can hit me up and uh, and I'll shave, but but it's got to be a lot. Yeah, but I appreciate Mercantile fourteen forty one saying nah. Orlando's beard, you know, pull it over quick. In particular, is killer. But then I live in Portland. It's true. It depends where you're at. Like yeah. I, I don't. You know, here's the thing. At least I make it easy for people to identify me in the wild. So all the time, people are like, I don't know if that was you, Orlando, but then I saw the goatee and I knew it was you. Even with the mask, my so. wife hasn't even seen me without a beard. Really? Yeah, we've been we've been together over ten years, and she's never seen me without facial hair. Interesting, so, interesting. All right, somebody said that would be a sad day. I hope that that was referring to us shaving our beards. <laughs> so, uh, so Ken Diggle says, um, "Oh, you can pick, you any, can pick day any day for your payouts." Okay, go. good. Thank you, Ken. Sorry we couldn't answer that. Uh, I, I'm a daily payout guy now. I'll I'll come back with the news. Hopefully Monday I get that money because what I'm worried about is that Monday the transfer happens and you don't get it till Tuesday. So, but again, it's something that Mike and I have always said, you know, the whole idea is you should already have that money. Like, like you shouldn't be paycheck to paycheck with bills. I know it's tough. I know that's something that takes time because I've been there, right? But this is kind of forcing all of us to be, you know, wiser with, with our, our money. So, all right. Hey, so this was interesting. I decided to do retail arbitrage at off-price stores today. Have you gone to off-price stores like Ross, CJ Maxx, Nordstrom Rack, Marshalls, all those? No, not recently. I mean, I was kind of thinking about it. Um, even on our, our our road trip thrift thrift trip thingamabob, um, there were a few of them that we were looking at going to. I don't know. I just I haven't I haven't been very successful. Um, I typically when I find items there, and I know some people go in, they like kill it on shoes. So I'll go in, and I know it's one of those consistency things. So I'll spend some time looking at shoes, looking at toys, and I might find items where it's like, hey, I'll make five dollars profit on this, but I, I'm spending fifteen or twenty to buy it, and then I buy I can buy maybe ten of them at once or four of them, which is cool, but then they sit for a long time. So you know, it's just one of those things where off price stores just hasn't been super successful for me. But I don't know, maybe I should try it. Good old Frank's back. Frank Saragosa is back. And he says, hey, Orlando, I just hit that subscribe button. I'm a subscriber now. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate you subscribing. Uh, he and hitting said that button. button. I said button. I said it right, right? You said it correctly. Okay. But that's not what he said. I know. He hit that subscribe button. Button. He <laughs> just, just got to button it up. Hey, Joe. Look at Joe. I just turned 50 and I've had a beard since I was seven, 17. Nice. I don't think I could grow the goat like this. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, uh, when I was in the sixth grade, I had to shave. <laughs> like it is. Yeah. All right. Hey, um, lost track. All right. So I went to off price stores. Now, I want to share this because I think there's an unfair advantage for many of you out there. So off price stores here are terrible right now. Just terrible. Like you go in, like I went today to TJ Maxx. 
literally the men's clothing was a quarter of what it was six months ago. Just bad. I go to Ross and there are still signs all through our Ross like, sorry that we are short on inventory. We'll be restocking soon. Burlington, same story. Uh, Nordstrom Rack, it depends which one you went to. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's just not good. So what that means, and I've seen this on Instagram because people are ma- making a killing. I've seen it on Instagram where people are going to the off-price stores and they're making money. So as we approach Q4, be thinking about that because there's a reason why some people in different parts of the country are making a lot of money. And I think part of it is they have access to more goods, which makes sense. The other thing is I can't stand lines. Like everywhere I go, it's a line. Now it depends what kind of state you're in. I was in a state that was like not really all about masks and they didn't care. And I went into a bunch of stores and I was all good. Came back to California Every place I go to, like, there's a long line. Like, have you had to wait in line to go pretty much everywhere you go? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, things have been better, like, like grocery stores, Walmarts, Targets, okay, okay. those kinds of places. Um, but uh, lines of other places, yeah, are, are definitely intense. Well, like, even the Nike store. The other day I went to the Nike store, and it was, like, Black Friday line. But it was not Black Friday. You know what I mean? And so, and by the way... This is the other news topic that I was going to share here in a little bit. There is no Black Friday going on for Target or Walmart. Well, I thought it was just that they weren't opening on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, but whatever the craziness is, they're not doing it. Like, they're not going to let it happen. Like, like you can't lie. Like, it's going to be super controlled. It's not going to be forward. You think there's going to be mad rushes? It, okay, it doesn't matter how they do it. Like, even if they say, like okay, we're only going to let in 100 people into the store at a time. People are still going to be lining up. They're just going to have to make the line longer. They're going to have to, if they're going to like do social distancing or whatever they're going to do, they're just going to have to use a bigger portion of their parking lot or around the building. Uh, but they're, people are still going to line up. The people who want to get in and get those items, unless they're to say, hey, we're not going to do these limited sales of first 500 people can get this and we only have a limited. If they just say like, Hey, if you come to our store at all during the day and we are out of stock, here's the ticket. You can get it at this price later, like mm. a rain check. They're still going to have people lining up. They're not going to not do that. It's just, they're going to say like, Hey, we're only letting so many people in the store, which I mean, I don't know. Like, are they really going to do that? Because then what the first hundred people that are lined up with that might even create a more of a, a mad rush. They can take their time as it were in the store and really just load up on stuff. Cause they're not competing against others, which might create even people might be camped out even longer ahead of time because it creates even more scarcity. So I don't know. I would say, I, I would say this isn't going to look like a calm Black Friday. Okay. All right. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I know. But uh, hey, before we move on, we're going to be doing our bolo section, but we don't have bolos. We'd love for you guys to share bolos and we can chat about it a little bit. So be thinking about that before we get there. So this is what I noticed. I went to the off-price stores. They're empty. Then there's long lines. But like you said, it's kind of nice because there's only so many people in the store. So you can definitely like load up. You don't have to worry about competition. Like I didn't see a lot of competition today. It was kind of nice. Like I could just take my time. Like, because I always feel this major anxiety in off-price stores because if there's a certain item that people know about, man, it gets pretty intense. So, hey, Martha had a question real quick. I want to jump to. Uh, a little bit more up. Uh, Martha had a question about integration of pirate ship. She said, does being in managed payments change the pirate ship integration? So as far as importing your ability to print labels from eBay, it does not. Now I use a credit card when I do pirate ship. So it doesn't affect me. 
if you you're gonna have to have something on file anyways, and so I it's not gonna affect your integration if that makes sense. You just gotta make sure you have something on file to pay. All right, now I want to share a tip here from off price stores, which hey, if if you're like, hey Orlando, you know what? Thanks for sharing old news. I'm all good with that. I get that. Okay. So I was there today and I'm I'm like looking, I'm sourcing shoes, and I'm like, wow, like this is how much people pay for this. Have you ever noticed what people pay for? Concerning items that we source at thrift stores, like full retail, mm. like I was looking at like Olokai shoes, like over a hundred dollars. Now I flip those all day for sixty to eighty, and I pick them up for like five to ten, right? Or some some other brand, like Merrell shoes. By the way, I think Team Merrell is the way to go. Merrell, it's Merrell, 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 Merrell. If it's if it's buttons, it's also Merrell. <laughs> we'll just say it that way, okay? <laughs> no, it's Merrell. Anyways. What I'm saying is it's expensive. So I thought about this because as I was going, I did. I sourced some, actually was able to find some clearance out Doc Martens. I was able to find some clearance out Merrill. I was able to find Olukai and all these different brands. But then I'm like, hey, if I was a new reseller and I didn't know what kind of shoes to pick up on the thrift, what I recommend for that new reseller to do is to go to an off-price store that sells high-end stuff for cheap. That makes sense? So let's say a Nordstrom Rack or a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls, like just go through, take a look at the prices and then look at comps on those. Because I will say when I was at these stores, pretty much the shoes that I pick up at the thrift outside of cowboy boots were the shoes that were at the store. They just were for a lot more money because they were brand new. And so I was just fascinated. I'm like, if I was brand new and I didn't know what kind of shoes to pick up, this is what I would do. I would hit up a Nordstrom Rack or I would hit up a Marshalls or a TJ Maxx or I think off off Five Avenue, I think there's a Saks Fifth Avenue store or whatever that's like a, it's, I don't know, it's outlet store. Like I would go to these stores and I would look. Uh, somebody <laughs> just discovered Olokai speaking of. Yeah, Olokai sells really well. There's a there's my bolo. There's my bolo, right? It, it's been hot, especially the sandals, especially the leather sandals. Uh, do really well. So anyway, just thought I'd drop that. If you're trying to get into the shoe game, that could be one way. And you also learn what shoes uh, don't sell well because you see a lot of the shoes that are still there, like on the shelf. And here's what I find is that sometimes certain companies mark up their stuff like crazy, but the MSRP isn't actually what the value of the item is. Yeah. Don't you love that when when they say like, you know, compared to eighty nine ninety nine for the shirt they're selling for like eight ninety nine, you're like, wow, this is an incredible deal. But then, like, you actually see it at like a Macy's or maybe not Macy's is not a good example, but like at a, at the store they sell it at, and it actually only sells for fifteen. And you're like, eighty yeah. nine? Come on, you can't just put a random number on there. That's messed up. Well, like today, I I almost I I almost like forty percent was gonna drop eight hundred dollars on a pair of Gucci shoes, but then I'm like. Because I looked at MSRP, I'm like, wow, that's really good. But then I look at comps and I'm like, yeah, not worth it. Suggested retail value before the retail store adds all their sales to it. I find one of the biggest offenders is Under Armour. Like, I'll find stuff at Under Armour is like, this shirt is $80 MSRP. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, I've never, I've never gotten $80. $80. Now, I did sell some random uh, Under Armour Gore-Tex jackets for two to 300 but the MSRP on those was $520, right? And I'm like, $520? Like, there's some really nice, like, Patagonia jackets that, or North Face that don't go for that much. $520. So 
So be aware of that. That's another tip. Be aware. MSRP does not guarantee yeah. money. Yeah, Ken Daigle says like the SCN on TV items. Yeah, I mean, they can hook you in with the, this is a $299 value. Yours for only five payments of $10.99. And, and it's really just like a junk item that you're going to get at Walmart for the $10.99, you know? Yeah. So you could say it's whatever value you want to say. Um, and I think the sad part is, and this is even a case for, um, you know, this might be something that you can do in your own store. I'm not saying like, this is necessarily like cheating, but this is the type of marketing that big companies do. Big companies wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't effective, right? It is obviously effective for a certain por portion of the population. So that might be a clue to say, hey, maybe I list really high these items and then I put it on a crazy sale on my store. Oh, yeah, that alone might be enough, yeah. right? So put an item that I'm only thinking I'm going to make $50 on, put it up to 150 and then mark it down from 150 to 75 And then people will be like, oh, wow, it's such a great deal even if 75 is the going rate, right? That psychological thing. I mean, people fall for it all the time. Otherwise, marketers wouldn't do it. So, Well, the crazy one that you can do on eBay right now is, you know, when you do a best offer, it has a line through it, right? So if, if you weren't a reseller and you didn't know about flippertools.com where you can search what the real price was, which by the way is down right now uh, because I think people are using bots to search for prices and, it, and eBay caught on and eBay denied access to it. So thanks. I can't find out what stuff actually sold for anymore. Kind of sad about that. Hopefully it gets fixed soon. But what you can do is you can use that as your, as your like going rate as how high you should list it. So I'll give an example. The Niner hat I sold today, one was like sold for $79.99 best offer. I couldn't find the value. So I listed it at a hundred dollars. Well, I sold it for 40, but that's because I didn't think it was actually sold a hundred. I was just trying to see what happened. If you guys remember that CNN plus truck that I sold where there was a best offer sale taken of one ninety nine ninety nine, So I listed at 200 where it actually sold for $40, <laughs> but I sold mine for 125 because I listed according to that. Hey, uh, Ken says Orlando download the completely app ASAP. I do have a, we should put that on there. Uh, I do have the completely app. Will that show me the best? I, I haven't gone to it in a while. So if that will show me the best offer price, maybe I need to. Yeah, I do. I have completely. You guys are wondering what it looks like. Let me just pull it up. It's, it's on this my is phone. This is his way of proving he's got it. Hey, no, let me show you. This is what it looks like. No, it's on here. So it's that, it's that yellow gavel. I don't know if you can see it. Here, let me just open the app. But the completely app is pretty awesome. Like if there's an app that's, and it's really cheap, but it just looks like this on the screen, but it's really cheap. It's like three bucks, but it gives you all kinds of nice data. It's, it's almost as good as Terapeak. I would argue it's, it may be just as good as Terapeak, except Terapeak gives you all kinds of different data about like what's trending, what, when to sell things, when to buy things and so on. But the completely app is really good app. So, Hey, thank you, Ken. That's a, that's a legit tip right there. So um, all right. Hey, any other questions on here? Oh, it says, Ken says it will also show you what best offer was taken for any sale. You know what? That's good to know. I knew that. I just haven't done that in so long. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a bummer when you see, you know, you're looking up comps on something and it's like, Hey, there's like three sold and they had them listed for $49 and they all have that little line marked through them. And you're like, well, they sold them but for how much, right? So you can't just go off of, well, it must be about $49. You don't know what that is, but yeah, an app like completely is going to give you better metrics, better better data that you can use to inform your decision-making when you're purchasing, when you're listing. Uh, and you know that information is power. So the more you have, uh, the better off you're going to be. 
So Greg Stewart, Rocky Mountain reseller says, why do you think eBay doesn't show the real sold price? It's a great question. I, it might be because it's a privacy to the buyer or privacy to the seller. I'm really not sure. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I think on other apps, like on Poshmark, have you tried a best offer? Like, can you see what people accepted? Um, I don't remember. I think it just says sold. <laughs> I mean, I mean, part of it might, I don't know why they wouldn't do that. I mean, it would get maybe to create more hype, right? People are going to be sourcing items more. And I mean, it's, there, there, it's a eBay. two-edged sword. I mean, the, the positive side is it allows you to list things higher because the, the average buyer doesn't know that that might have been bought for a lot less. But the other side of it is you may be pricing it too high and no one's going to go after it because the only person that really bought it in the first place paid, you know, barely anything for it. So, yeah. So there's two sides to that one. All right. It is time for, are we going to play that, that clip? Are we going to play that clip? Even yeah. though we dropped some bolos already though. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because we want to hear bolos from you because now it is. Yeah. So we want to hear bolos from y'all. <laughs> now, somebody did mention one. I think it was Ken had mentioned Chaco Sandals. So, Chaco sandals sell really well. I if you get their quality sand, actually at the off price store I went to, guess what sandals they had? They had Chaco sandals, right? So I would definitely look into Chaco sandals, even used, even if even if they have some dirt, even if they're a little rough, they're like Birkenstocks. Like they still will sell. Swift family says troll dolls. Yeah, and actually, hey, that's a, that's a great that you brought yeah. that up. Now. I'm not trying to get into all the controversy. Like, I don't know what people were thinking when they made I'm, that doll. I'm kicking myself because my wife found the, like one of the very first people who made the complaint, like an Instagram video before it blew up. Right. When, and, and she told me like a day before, like hit the news and they started pulling the stuff. If you don't know, just Google troll dolls. You'll, you'll figure it out. It is. It is one of those things where it's like, how did it get past? So I, I don't understand. Like, and I'm not, I'm not to get into it, but I'm not to the extreme where it's like, I don't think there's maliciousness intended. But have you looked at what they're selling for now on eBay? No, no. But I think eBay's pulling them. That's what Are I was going to say. So okay. last I heard, eBay was pulling them. Um, but can they do that? I mean, like if you, for yeah, instance, e eBay can pull anything. Well, I, I realize they can, but okay. Remember like when there were the, I remember I watched a video. I mean, I know there's like rumors of like, you know, on, on the original uh, VHS drawing of Little Mermaid or whatever, like various things that like got snuck in. Hey, this is a pure hustle. Show. I know, I realize, but I'm just saying, like, like there, there are, are examples of like misprints or people doing adding things maliciously, and then those things actually become collectors' items later on. Uh, I saw one uh, video of like a person who, and it was a Star Wars example. They were an artist for a, like a trading card game or a trading card like packs they were sending out, and they got fired. And like their last thing they did before they left was like add something really inappropriate in one of the pictures and it they went it out into production before they got caught and then once they got caught they obviously pulled that off but then those cards become like the most valuable ones because they're like rare they weren't really meant to be so i could see why ebay would be pulling them because the idea right now is like we don't want these to get into the hands of of children right mm -hmm. if potentially there's something that's inappropriate or whatever however there are going to be people who just like to have the idea of of this is a uh, a toy that was very limited because it was pulled because of whatever and so those are the collector items that you'd expect to see on ebay maybe you have to give it time like maybe it's one of those things like when somebody gives a joke about something like that was tragic but it's been enough time that it's like okay like it's funny now 
So maybe that's what it is. Like 10 years from now, people can say like, oh yeah, here's one of those like rare pulled from the shelves troll dolls. Uh, but it seems weird that eBay would be pulling them now. They did. I mean, I'm looking up right now. I can't even find sold sold ones. Really? Of that doll. So, because they were going for like 175. Yeah. I remember seeing that. But uh, no, I, I had an instance a few years ago, the Disney store was selling an item and I bought a bunch of them. And it just because I, I, I just bought it just to resell. I wasn't even involved in the controversy. And then next thing I know, like eBay, like a lot of, I noticed that people were making money. I'm like, wow, I'm going to go source more of these. And then eBay just started pulling those items. And the crazy part about it is that PayPal <laughs> it acted like they didn't know what that item was or something. And then long story short, Disney refused to accept my return. PayPal was just like, well, we're going to put a case with Disney and Dis we're going to get your money for you. Disney never responded. So I ended up just getting all my money back. And then I got that merchandise back, but couldn't sell anywhere. So it is what it is. So, so you, you got to be careful. I mean, I would say jumping on trends is great, but like any trend, they're fast. And if you're not able to flip, and if it's a trend that, you know, it's something like this, like, I, I don't know if you want to go down that road because usually what ends up happening is it just ends up, you end up bringing trouble on yourself. That's just my thoughts. Um, you may get people that are unhappy with your store and it, it just, it, it just invites trouble. So I would steer clear of that. Yeah. It's, it's almost never worth it to, to be involved in controversy. Um, especially with something like that, because yeah, even if you can make, I mean, I'm even thinking back to like when the, the whole pandemic thing first started, people were able to make a lot of money and whether or not you, you know, whatever side you fall on as far as like the free market and like the benefits, the hard part is, is when you do something like that, you, you kind of can tarnish your name you can tarnish what it is that you're doing and oftentimes it's like okay like this short amount of profit is it worth the long-term ramifications even think about like companies right now that are making decisions doing things that might be hurting them you know pretty significantly for financial reasons but if they were to not make these decisions it would be bad publicity which could hurt them even worse so yeah you got to think about that so mercantile 1441 going back to our discussion of best offer price on posh says on posh when a bundle sells the price on the individual listing the bundle is inaccurate okay that's good to that's good to know because I do search comps on Posh sometimes, and actually Sellhound has been kind of nice too because on Sellhound it'll show you comps for a Mercari and Posh and eBay, and I want to say Depop, but maybe I'm off. Maybe it, it's not on Sellhound, but it is there. So, so anyways, all right. So hey, if you got any other bolos, what what has been something that's been selling well for you lately? Um, let me put you on the spot right now. Yeah, all right. Let me look it up. What's been selling good for you? So, so for me lately, it's just been hats, mm -hmm. hats. I, and I just sold, I, I, again, people always talk about the hat market being dead. I think if you have unique hats that people want, people are going to buy. So I bought, for instance, and I thought, I, I thought I would get in trouble for this, but I found some post office hats, like uniform hats. And I paid like a quarter a piece and I sold one for 35 and the other for 30. So Keep an eye because sometimes I, I've mentioned this before, like you got to be careful because like, for instance, you can't buy police uniforms. You can't buy firefighter uniforms and flip on eBay if they're official. Now, if you use words like novelty or costume, you can maybe get away with it. Right. But I do find that if like I've sold McDonald's hats before, I've sold Burger King hats before, I've sold Wiener Schnitzel hats before, I've sold <laughs> basically if you can get your hands on, on uniform stuff now. Not saying they sell for big money, but if there's somebody that's been given a certain allowance to buy a uniform, right? 
they're going to try to get it as cheap as possible. And so you, if you have the inventory, you can sell it. And there might even be, I mean, you, you've got to imagine there are going to be some people who want it because it's like, yeah, when I was in high school, I worked at Wiener Stencil and like these were the old vintage hats. Then the other thing is, I mean, vintage is cool. So if you get the job at Wiener Stencil and it's like, hey, I'm going to get a hat from like the 70s or the 80s, like all of my all of my coworkers are wearing the brand new ones and I'm the one that's got the kind of cool old one. You never know who's going to buy that kind of stuff. Nice. All right. Martha says she's been stockpiling coats and boots for a few months and they've been selling well the last two weeks. Yeah, we're getting into that season. I don't know. I, I've been I've been sourcing like crazy lately because I know whether and again, and this is another where you land. Are we going to hit a second wave? Is the pandemic, you know, that we should all be, you know, locked down forever or should we all open up wherever you land on that? There's going to be people on both sides and there's going to be a huge swath of the population that's not going to go on a, go out there and wait in line or have to pay for stuff. So I really believe that if you can source items now and you can source them for cheap, they may not sell right now. And it all depends on how much capital you have, but you can definitely, I think it's going to be good all around eBay and Amazon, even with the economy possibly retracting. Plus, I think we're getting another stimulus check. People are like going to be sending that out to everyone, right? No, I mean, obviously, if you qualify. But as Americans, we're also... Well, if you hit that threshold, we're all supposed to be getting something, right? Somewhere. So so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's um, good. Um, one of the things you mentioned um, asked me what, what a, a potential bolo for me. Notice I've sold a few items. And we've talked in the past about like homeschool stuff. In fact, I'm kind of bummed because I had opportunities before all this happened to pick up a whole bunch of homeschool curriculum and I didn't do it just because it's like, oh, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Um, but I've had, I picked up at a Goodwill not too long ago, a bunch of like stackable, uh, it was weird because they're like locker organizers, but uh -huh. you could tell that, that, you know, you could use them on your desk or whatever for organizing things. And I've sold a bunch of those and some other random things like that, like school related. And when I go into Target or I go into Walmart and I see their back to school section and it's just dead and you're like, nobody's, you know, doing like the normal back to school shopping, at least in California. So if you're in another state, your schools are open, maybe it's different for you. It all depends here, on the state you're in. Yeah. I mean, that makes a big difference. So he, I, I might be like have blinders on because I'm seeing when I walk into Target and Walmart is there aren't any kids walking up the backpack aisle, like looking for their backpacks and getting their pencil holder. And that is true. I've sold pencils. some backpacks recently. But yeah, so so maybe a lot of times school supplies end up being like a really big market right before school season. Obviously, this year it's going to look a lot different, but maybe that just means you shift the things you're buying, right? And, and maybe even how you're marketing it. So instead of like, maybe there are schools still opening around the country or around the globe, and you could still do like bundles, like a backpack with items in it and, you know, kind of a, a fifth grade pack with it's got all the different things you might need. Or you might think of more electronic or digitally based because a lot of schools are going that route. What are some kind of organizational school supplies that are going to be needed for that? Interesting. I uh, see Amy Lee Monroe said Eric Javits hats. I've never heard of those. And I just looked them up. And yeah, they I mean, these are hats that are very unassuming. They're like straw hats. Mm. Right. I mean, I would totally not look these up. <laughs> so thank you. And, and by the way, I do want to give a, a tip after looking at one of these hats on if I can get to the picture, I don't want to throw any shade at anybody, but when you take pictures, your fingers shouldn't be in pictures. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Even if, even if you're showing uh where the, where the bad yeah, thing is. No, get a pen or something or like, or just say that it's there. Like, don't like, or if you're going to have your fingers in, like you got to be like a finger model. Like you've got to have the perfect fingers. They've got to be like the right proportion. You know, it's got to be 
you know, the, the nails need to be manicured properly. Well, this person had like white gloves on, but the white gloves were dirty. Mm, so, that defeats the purpose. That probably doesn't. So anyways, that's a, that's a tip. That's free right there. The no super chat needed for that one. Hey, I like Greg's uh, bolo right there. Greg Stewart, Rocky Mountain reseller says, Brazen support device for ankle boot, Dondroid, Bragg. That's that's true. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of those and I've sold some of those. Again. I've sold some Dondroid too. Like I, that one of my first big flips was a pair of Dondroid like to help people walk, I think. Mm. And I was kind of scared to list it because I didn't know what it was. But yeah, it sold like within 24 hours for 80 bucks. I think I paid like $10. The store shall not be named. So, nice. so that is good. All right. Hey, thank you guys for sharing those bolos. Yeah. Uh, and, and right now I'm telling you, like, I, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I would source and I would tell people, like, don't trust the comps, right? Because we don't know where the market is. Right now I'm saying trust the comps. <laughs> like, Right now it's accurate. So if you find stuff that's going to sell, it's going to sell for the most part. Now, be aware, be aware that if there's too much unsold and there's too little sold, sell through rate is terrible and I wouldn't pick that up. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. What what are you looking forward to here? Um, you know, I bet mine is probably pretty similar to yours. I'm excited now that I've finally got my trailer unloaded and all of my items where I need to have them to actually really just start getting through them, right? Um, because sometimes I had this rule that I learned when I was doing video, and it's very important when when you shoot video is you've got to edit it. You've got to touch that material again within 24 hours. If you let it sit a week, two weeks, huh. three weeks, you lose the creativity. You don't remember what you were thinking. It ends up sitting for months and years, right? Whereas if you're like, all right, I've got this material. I've at least got to look at it, get it organized, get it put into files, put it into projects that I could start working on. I think it's the same thing with inventory. Like the reason why so many of us have death piles or inventory reserves is because we let things sit. And then the longer they sit, the longer they're going to sit. So a lot of times it's better just to actually get your hands on it. Even if you're not listing, all right, let's put it into piles. Let's put all my shoes into one pile. Let's figure out how many I have. Let's organize, you know, hats. Here are my hard goods. Here are my electronics. Okay, now you've got, you've, you've at least touched them. All right, now the next day, do it again. Otherwise they turn into death piles. All right, now let's test all my electronics. As long as you're doing that, as long as you're constantly have your hands on your inventory um, or on your store, doing something in your store or going out and sourcing, you've got momentum. Momentum is really, really important. Uh, so I'm kind of just looking forward to as I'm getting close to starting school is kind of to actually pick up the momentum back in reselling. It's kind of weird because I thought that I would be like Superman over a break. And this is would be when I would like increase my story <laughs> yeah. and go crazy. Um, but I, I, what I've discovered in life just in general, and I know this to be true for me, and I think it's true for others, too, is when you have momentum in one area of life, other areas of your life end up kind of picking up momentum and steam, too. And so I'm really excited about once I have that routine down, once I've got a little bit more routine on sourcing, more consistent with getting items listed, it builds on itself. And so uh, I'm excited to, to get this train moving again. What about you? <laughs> so I'm just laughing the entire time in my head about what you're saying, because I kept saying at the end of the summer, my goal was how many listings do you remember? I like said 3, it. 3,000? So, I said it so many times, 3,000 listings. And right now... Let's, let's see what the magic number what the magic number is right now. Two thousand nine hundred ninety nine, so close. Two thousand one hundred and seventy three. All right. So, but I went backwards because beginning of the summer I had like over twenty two hundred. Now it's a good thing because a lot of stuff has been selling. It's also a good thing because I've been super busy with Amazon and that's why I haven't been doing a lot of eBay. And I almost flew out today. I was almost going to tell you like, hey, let's do an on the road show again. But the item I had, I, I've told you, is, is filled and, and I have to look for another retail arbitrage item. 
but I really want to focus on eBay because eBay is fire. It, it's doing so well. I don't know how Poshmark and Mercari are doing. I will tell you, I cross post, not a lot, but I do cross post. And it's been crickets for me on those platforms. So maybe it's just me. I don't know. Let us know. But eBay, as long as you're listing, I, I always say list at least five items a day. You list five items a day. I think that is the magic number to get something triggered. Not saying it's going to lead to a lot of sales, but I think five is the magic number just to show some action. And constantly throughout the day, sending offers always helps. What I've loved is sometimes you'll send an offer and then another send offer pops up. You, what that means is, and this is based on what eBay has said on their seller check-ins, somebody's, what is it, heavily browsing your item right? So you want to catch them at that moment. So if a best off, if a send offer just popped up on your, you know, eBay feed or whatever, send that offer at that moment. Cause that person might be bored at dinner, ignoring their kids, looking at their phone and you can get that sale right there, yeah. right there. So send that offer. So yep, strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Ken says, Posh is awful, accessible, low bar bottom. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I will tell you this. And Mike and I have said this, and I don't know if Mike agrees, but I think he does. I get most most money on eBay on eBay for everything. Now, the only platform, and I'm still kind of hesitating, is I, I'm I'm thinking of throwing some stuff on Depop because I have a lot of vintage gear, and I know Depop does well. There's one of our listeners at uh, Thrift Bro who who has sold all kinds of shirts on Depop, so I may go down that road. But yes eBay, keep listing, keep doing. So that's my goal. I'm going to keep listing. I just sourced all day today before I drove in today at some off price stores. And so I'm going to be listing some of that. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, uh, I, there's uh well, that was a question for Amy Lee that Martha asked, but if you're wondering how do you pack straw hats, uh, Orlando packs straw hats by putting them in a box within a box. So I float the box because what's happened, this happened to me, I think a month ago I had an Oklahoma. Oh, is it the Sooners? I think so. Okay. Oh man, I'm not, I'm not a sports fan. Some so. college people are gonna come at me now. Uh, I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan. That's why. So sorry, Ohio State peeps. Um, so I sold a hat and I put it just in the box. Now I hadn't done this in a long time. Usually I I float the box. So what that means is I I put the the straw hat in a box and then I put padding and then I put inside another box. But I charge shipping, so it's not a big deal. Well, this last time, I'm like, ah, uh, why am I doing this? I'm wasting time. So imagine the guy just like sitting on a hat. That's how that guy got that hat. And I felt really bad. And so I, I did a partial refund for that guy. So be careful with that. So, all right. You can always just ship things in like an igloo cooler. Like that, that'll, <laughs> that'll make it. Do you know one time, a uh, random story, we're not going to end on this, but I want to share this. So when I was in college, I was in college, Wisconsin. I really was missing California burritos. Not like California burritos with the French fries, just burritos from California. So I asked my mom to send them in dry ice via the post office priority. And she did it. Yeah, it didn't work. Like I literally, it was the most disgusting thing. Like the cooler showed up. It was all dry ice. And I don't know how it's dry, right? Dry ice shouldn't melt or is it still get? No, it's. Still okay. melts. It's just right, okay. very cold. So they were all so all the burritos got soggy in transit and then like fell apart all throughout w the Were they not like in a Tupperware container? It was just like sitting on no. the dry ice. <laughs> no. Just like burrito on the dry was, ice. I don't know what it was, but it was destroyed. So okay, Amy, let's throw up Amy Lee real quick. So she's agreed with me. Yes, 
I stuffed the inside bubble wrap into a ship in a box. Box, I didn't have anyone stomp on it. Okay, good for you. But in case, just in case, I know a lot of people that collect hats, they want their hats pristine and not flat. So it, it works. I, I think even people who don't collect hats would rather their hats not look like somebody sat on them and that is true. Them. That is true. Yeah. That is true. So, and the, people and, who and, purchase hats. And don't try to ship burritos from California to Wisconsin in a dry ice cooler box. <laughs> Unless yeah. you're going to do it right. So. All right. Anyways, yes, California burritos do hit different. Yes, and tortas and carne asada fries and all that stuff. Hey, so I'm also looking forward to listing. And the next thing is, I'm prepping for Q4. Like, I've been ordering this you, again. What do you mean this again? We do this. Okay, this is our third year. Uh, hey, we've hit our two year anniversary of the podcast. Woo-woo. So, <laughs> big trip says burritos on ice. I'd watch that. So, I. I, I <laughs> It'd be pretty. It'd be pretty interesting. What do you, What do you call that when people eat food on YouTube? There's uh, a certain weird name for it. I don't know. Something mang or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I don't do that. So I, I want to pronounce it, but I feel like I'm going to be swearing if I pronounce it. So I'm not <laughs> going to try. So, um, all right. Hey. So Q4. Stay tuned. We're going to have a theme episode. I'm prepping for Q4 again. Order supplies. I will drop this. I've heard rumor that padded priority envelopes may be going away rumor so i ordered a ton a ton of padded priority coming on my way right now all 56 of you have this inside oh it's mukbang that's what it is mukbang when you eat food should mike and i do a mukbang episode uh-huh, like we do a, no weird. listen uh-huh. we do a podcast we're like foodies like we order some of the best food in san diego like whether it be burritos or pizza or whatever we bring it in the studio and we eat while we record Nobody wants to watch How, that. Let us give thumbs up Nobody right wants now. To hear the thumbs mouth. up because I want to do that. Thumbs up. Nobody if wants you to want hear that the to happen. Let us know of us eating no, food. I just, I just like chomp on the side and just talk. And my goatee would definitely be very interesting at the end of that episode. I'll put it that Ooh. way. So, all right. Um. Okay. Getting back to Q. I'm putting. I'm putting a no on that, guys. Don't worry. No. No. Don't no. Worry. No. Thumbs up. I haven't seen any thumbs up. So maybe there's a delay. Maybe there's a delay. All right. Hey. By the way. So. Be ordering those shipping supplies because who knows with everything going on at the post office, you want to have the envelopes. Now I'm hoping they don't say, Hey, there's no more padded envelopes. So we're not going to offer that priority option anymore. That would be really sad. So anyways, just be aware, uh, you know, start ordering those supplies because eventually things will slow down when you try to order your shipping supplies. So stay tuned. Q4 prepping episode will be coming up in the next few weeks. A little later. Usually by now we've already done one of those. Yeah, it's true. So, anyways, hey, hopefully you found that helpful. I got a thumbs way up. What and, a way. And we got a no. And we got a no. But maybe she's talking about no, like, I hope Pet Priority comes back. Not no about the mukbang. Uh-huh. So, anyways, hey, appreciate you all tuning in. All 56, 55 of you. Love all of you. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.